Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. Hi friends, and welcome back to the channel or the podcast, wherever you're listening. I apologize right now for my podcast listeners. I did not bring my really nice mic set up in here today, so we are just going with my vlog camera microphone. It may not be the best. I will try to edit it if it's not. But uh, today I really wanted to talk about my path into witchcraft and kind of just really openly and candidly discuss this because many of you have actually asked for this uh, in my 20k giveaway video that I put out when we hit 20k followers on YouTube. Uh, I did a giveaway and I asked for podcast topics and one of the number one requested topics was a podcast on basically how I got into my practice of witchcraft and how I continued to learn or what were some like basics. And I first want to say I actually have two videos that I've already done on this, but my channel was very small back then. And so many of you probably have not gone back and watched them and I don't blame you. But uh, no matter where you are, I will link both of those videos for you down below. If you're watching on YouTube, I will put them in the card section for you up there as well so you can watch them after this video. Um, I feel like they are a little bit more close to the heart because both of those videos, I filmed the first one like a month after deciding and dedicating myself as an eclectic witch. So that one was like really fresh when I decided to get into witchcraft. And the second one I wanna say I did last year. And so we're, we've basically done one every year. Um, so, or no, I think it was last year. Yeah. So I've actually been a practicing eclectic witch since March 20th of 2018. So it hasn't even been three years by the time this video goes live. We're coming up on three years in the spring of next year. And honestly, I guess how I got into it, I kind of have a little bit of a story with that. It's not a big story, but a little story with that is first and foremost, if you're new to my channel and you don't know or new to the podcast, I was raised Mormon for the first 18 years of my life. And I don't ever feel like I was necessarily a really good Mormon, quote unquote. Like I definitely learned really early on through coping mechanisms. And this is no shade on anybody that I talk about. I'm just giving you my authentic story. Um, and I feel like if I have any family members that are watching and like this bothers you, just recognize that it was my lived through experience and everybody kind of has a different iteration of how they lived through and perceived an experience. And there's really no one that is correct. It's all based off of the person's experience. So I feel like that could go for anyone across the board. Like whenever you're sharing a story or talking about an experience, something that keeps me not being authentic sometimes is this fear that I'm going to have like family members banging down my door because I've said something that offended them. When in reality, I kind of need to push those thoughts aside and just be my authentic self and express things the way that I believe they happened. And just always keep in mind that there is always three sides to every story. The, there's that person's and the actual truth. And I can only give you the version that I lived through. So 
I will say this about growing up Mormon. I do feel that I learned very early on, as children do, that we kind of learn what grants us access to our parents' love and what doesn't. And for some children, it's a really healthy connection, right? We're getting into the realm of psychology, which, fun fact, I am actually going through the process now. This is the first time any of you will be hearing this. I'm going through the process right now to actually sign up to go for my bachelor's in psychology. Yes. 30 years old and going back to school because I love psychology so much. Um, it's really happening. I'm kind of shook, but kind of going into the realm of psychology a little bit. And I'm not a psychologist, not yet, <laughs> but um, through a lot of the study and self-work that I've done, I've realized that growing up Mormon, I learned really early on that being Mormon and practicing Mormonism granted me access to my parents' love. It granted me access to their trust. It granted, and not like money trust, but like their actual trust in me as an individual. And I learned really early on that if I continued to kind of go this path, they would respect me, love me, pay more attention to me. Um, and what happens when any child in any experience, and I'm this isn't me shitting on Mormonism either. Like if you want to be Mormon and it makes you the best version of you that you can be, then like, that's great. You're doing the right thing for you. Um, but for me, I don't think I was ever really in it. Like there were definitely experiences that I would have, or, um, I'm not saying it was all terrible, but there were definitely a lot of things where I was just kind of going through the motions. Like I was never in my life and I will stand up and say this forever because it's the truth. I have never enjoyed church, ever. There has never been a time period in my life where I was like, yep, on a Sunday, I wanna go to church. Like, nope, that has never been something I've been into. Even as an adult, I've been to other churches that are not Mormon too, and I have never been into church. Like, that is just something I don't need as a person. And that doesn't mean that you're weaker or that I'm better or what have you. If you enjoy church every Sunday, it's just something that I myself don't need. I am spiritual every day in my own way and I feel like going back to the psychology of it because I learned early on that being that way would grant me access to my parents love uh, especially my mother's love I kind of played into that for the first 18 years of my life I really played into that because I saw what it gave me and I saw what other siblings, I'm the youngest of seven, without implicating them in their stories too much, I saw what them not following that path granted them. And so I chose to me what was the easier path. And I think even on an unconscious level, that was what was happening. But eventually, I got tired of putting my own self-expression aside because that's really what happens. And this is a very big psychological thing. I didn't know we were getting a psychology lesson today, but here we are. Um, this is a really big thing with psychology is you will fragment yourself as a child. If you do not feel like your needs are met easily, or if you feel that you have to do something special to be granted something from parents that are supposed to provide those things for you or supposed to, I say with quotes, um, 
you will actually put your own self-expression aside and you will fragment yourself. You'll become what the parent wants you to become instead of becoming yourself. And you constantly put yourself aside. And it's something that we learn extremely early on when our brains are super still developing. And so I learned that really early on. And so I was pretty devout Mormon for at least the first 18 to 20 years. Um, I never really went to church every Sunday in my entire life. I did not graduate from seminary. Those of you that um, know about Mormonism know what I'm talking about. Uh, I was never really like so invested, but I was invested just enough, just enough to get the reassurance and the love and support that I needed or wanted. And the rest I was kind of able just to skate around. So again, I also want to reiterate that being Mormon for me, there were spiritual experiences that I would have. And I think that's true in every religion. Everybody has the ability to have spiritual experiences, no matter what religion you're a part of, or if you choose not to be in a part of a religion, everybody has intuition, everybody has a spirit team, whether you choose to accept them or not, everybody has, um, you know, every, we're all just talking about the same thing. That's really how I feel personally. Now, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm closing you off or making you believe a certain way. Like it's all your choice and up to your own adaptation. But I feel like we're all really talking about the same thing. Like when I talk about my spirit team, for somebody else, that's God. Do you see what I'm saying? Like for somebody else, the way that I talk about my entire spirit team and how I have multiple guides and I have archangels and things like that, that's just God for other people. That That's how they choose to interpret that same energy, that same loving, beautiful life force, um, helpful energy. Do you see what I'm saying? Or we'll talk about guides and some people say it's their ancestors or we'll, you know, you know, like I feel like I've explained it enough. So anyways, I feel like for me, and the reason I'm addressing the Mormon thing is because so many people ask me, especially those of you that have been Mormon or are trying to not be Mormon anymore. Many of you ask me like, how did you get over like the guilt of that? How did you, because the one thing I can say about Mormonism, Mormon guilt is definitely a really real thing. Kind of how like Christian guilt is a thing. Mormon guilt is a thing. Like they condition you from so early on to feel a certain way, especially if you're born into Mormonism like I was, they condition you from so early on to feel guilty about so many things like drinking or smoking or having sex outside of marriage or, you know, they condition you to feel guilty about certain things. Like, I feel like sex is such a natural thing. I really do. I am that person. Sexuality is such a natural thing. There is nothing ungodly about it. Um, if you think for a second that gods and goddesses weren't out there fucking all the time, like, I gotta tell you, you are on the wrong channel. But I just feel like there's so much conditioned in that it does take time to break those things down. I feel like when I first got into my path of witchcraft, I was still really unsure. I was still really uneasy. But the more and more and more I studied and the more and more and more I learned things about it and where its origins came from and how society had actually demonized witchcraft when it kind of came first. It came before Christianity. It came before Mormonism. And in speaking on Mormonism in particular, Joseph Smith um, did so many things that were similar to witchcrafts. There's like Freemason symbols on temples. He used to carry, I want to say it was like a Jupiter talisman or something. Um, he was into crystals. He was into birth charts. Like, 
Ah, uh, I feel like I have a friend that is an anthropologist that like studies Mormon history specifically. So I get to learn a lot of this really cool stuff a lot from him. And shout out to you if you're listening, friend. But I feel like I get to learn all this really cool stuff. And I'm like, dude, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon church, was basically just a really badass witch that also maybe had some weird rules about how we should like do certain things. But you know, he was just really a badass witch. And that's kind of a lot of the premise of a lot of religions is they all kind of come from this same root that started in like paganism and witchcraft. Most of the holidays that Christians, and I keep bringing up Christianity because Mormonism, even though a lot of Christians refuse to accept it, Mormonism is kind of a branch of Christianity. We still teach, or I don't, I don't know why I said we, I don't teach it. They still teach like Christian based things. They still teach the word of God. They still teach the King James Bible. Like, and I know because I was a Mormon for like 18 years. So, you know, I feel like there's, where was I going with that? Christianity. I was talking about Christianity. What about it? So anyway, let's just get into it. I feel like I've rambled on enough about religion here, but it was a big part of my transition. So I feel like it's important to mention it. So I was only, in my opinion, really Mormon for my parents, specifically my mother. Um, I don't think I've ever really said that out loud publicly, but it's the truth. I was only ever really Mormon for her because it granted me the love and acceptance that I craved as a child, like any child would. And so I feel like that was a very big part of my upbringing and a big part of the transition. And Mormon guilt was definitely a thing. When I started looking into research on witchcraft, I was really scared. Like I remember telling my best friend at the time when I decided to become a witch that I was really scared of her reaction. And I think she actually reacted super well and she was really nice. There were definitely still some of those little like snags of like, you're just being safe, right? Like, you know, there's that common misconception and fear of witchcraft that it's this like dangerous, scary, satanic thing, even though it's not. Um, and it's, it's almost laughable when you kind of flip it and realize how like actually not dangerous or scary it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are spells that can backfire. Like you do need to be safe and protected and be careful, but it's not, you're not out here like, I don't know, trying, I mean, maybe you are, maybe you're a TikTok witch trying to curse the moon, okay? Um, I don't know if y'all heard about that when it happened a few months ago, but whew, that was a, that was a whole mood. We do not do that in this house. But in any case, I would say that the first real line into witchcraft for me, I do have early memories in my childhood of like always trying to like make little things. Like one of the first book series that I ever read that really resonated with me, and this was way before I got into witchcraft, is I read the Bluest for Nightmares series by Lori Faria Stollers, I think is how you say it. And it's about, the main character basically is a witch. I don't know if she ever specifies that, but she comes from from like a line where her grandmother was a witch and it's like that book really inspired me to try to make cool little things like she would do little spells in her book and um and it was like a four-part book series I think I still own it 
I think it's, oh, it's actually sitting right here. Um, the blue one is somewhere else, but I have a couple of them just like sitting here. Oh, this one, the title is rubbed off because it was metallic. Um, but they're really fantastic books. I really enjoyed them. Um, they're really fantastic books and I really enjoyed them, but that was probably like, probably, that was probably my first real introduction. If you want to get technical, I was in high school when I read those books and they really resonated with me. I remember trying to make like a sleep potion after I read them and it's something that had like lavender and stuff in it to help me sleep and I remember my friend who was also reading the books at the time, the one that I told I was a witch when I came out as one, um, she was like, I feel like you're doing that because of those books. And I kind of got really shy and I was like, no, I didn't. Like, it's just cool. Like I tried to play it off like I didn't, but ultimately, that was probably like the first like real witchy thing I've ever done, but I was never like into it back then. And then when, let's see, I would have been 26, I think. I'm 29 now. I would have been about 26, 27 at the time. Um, I was at Barnes and Noble. I had taken my laptop to Barnes and Noble, which is a local bookstore. Well, it's not local. It's like a bookstore chain. Uh, but I went to Barnes and Noble. I had taken my laptop and I was going to write because I writing is like a really good healing thing for me. Someday I'm going to publish a book and it probably is going to be more in the vein of self-help because I love psychology and I love studying people. And I've done a lot of work on myself to reparent myself, to understand who I am and overcome trauma that I would love to in the future actually write books to help other people do that. And so I went to Barnes and Noble, I was writing and I came across the book, Witch by Lisa Lister. And this book to this day, I still love it. It's definitely a book that a lot of people put down because, and I am very open and honest about my opinion on this. She doesn't write the book for trans women. It's definitely for women that menstruate and have a period. I say in huge quotes. Um, it is my personal belief that trans women are women. She doesn't, I believe, put trans women down in her book. I haven't read it in so many years, I couldn't tell you. Um, at that time, I don't think I was as much of an activist either, and I wasn't as much into understanding other people, their beliefs, their sexualities, and their preferences as I am now. I've educated myself since then. And so maybe if I read it now, I would take more issue with it. But at the time when I read it, it resonated with me deeply. I, I picked it up because I thought the cover was pretty. I thought it was going to be a fiction book. And I think it was also in the spirituality section though. Like I was pretty agnostic at the time. I was not really into any kind of spirituality. I was reading tarot cards, but I wasn't like spell casting. And I definitely was practicing the law of attraction. I was practicing manifestation, but um, I found it because I thought it was pretty. And I read the first page and I was laughing because she says words like fuck and pussy, like on the first page. And I was like, wow, I love authors that are just like so brazen and so authentically themselves and don't feel like they have to wear a mask for society to like be accepted and um because I don't subscribe to that ideology so I was like yeah this is it and literally I read like three pages and I was like I have to buy this book I don't even know fully what it's about and did I know it was going to change my life no um read it cover to cover I want to say in like a two-day period and literally the moment I closed the book on the other end I was like okay I'm a witch now like like she just laid it out so easily that there was just no denying it. I was like, wow, I feel like everybody should read this because it really lays down the weird, like 
how people demonize witchcraft and where it actually came from and the different kinds of witches and it just really opened my mind to something I never thought I would have been invested in and from that point on I just started to study. I was already into astrology and tarot so what's really funny a lot of people ask me this because I think a lot of people have stricter parents than I did um, because my parents trusted me, because I was the sweet little Mormon girl that I was, and I really was a good kid, I really didn't sneak out of their house, I didn't drink, I didn't do drugs, a good kid, I say with air quotes because what does that even mean, but, <clears throat> um, I really did follow their rules though, and so they did trust me, and they were never really super strict. Like some Mormon families, like you're not allowed to see R-rated movies, you're not allowed to listen to rap, you're not allowed to say curse words, you're not like, I didn't grow up in the state of Utah, I'm not from here. I came up here for school and then I just never left because I, the rent is cheap, the cost of living is cheap, it's beautiful and it doesn't bother me to be around people and culture that is different from mine. I see it as everybody's making the best choice that they can make for themselves and it's not my job to change people. It's my job to be my most authentic self openly, publicly, and stand as tall and as bright as I can. That's my only job as a human and I don't need to go out and change everybody else's opinion around me. Does that make sense? I always think that's really weird when people say things like that, like, oh, you're in Utah, that must be so hard surrounded by all those Mormons, but like, it's really not. They're like actually really nice people and I think it's kind of ridiculous that people will categorize people by an entire religion when there is so many different little intricacies in that and I would know because I was raised Mormon and not all of them are the same. Just the way that in astrology not everyone is the same. So it's not my job to change how people think or believe and as long as they're not encroaching on my boundaries then we are great, you know? Um, so, which they don't. I don't allow it and they don't. So we have, you know, I feel like we have a good understanding of everything around us and it doesn't bother me. I love living here. Like I said, it's cheap. It's pretty. I can't really ask for too much more. I'm surrounded by nature. The mountains are my favorite. I love it here. I really do. And I feel like that's hard for a lot of people to believe, but it's the truth. I really love living here. I don't see myself necessarily ever leaving. Anywho, beside the point, the point I was trying to make is my parents were not really that strict. Uh, and so we were allowed to like look at horoscopes and astrology and tarot cards. And um, I didn't have my first deck until I was about 13, I believe. But astrology, I used to study from really early on. Um, and my family always kind of, or my parents, my mom, I should say my mom, I always say my parents, but my mom was definitely like the dominating force in my upbringing. Um, my dad just kind of worked a lot. Um, but my mom was usually like, she would just always say that it was for fun. Like horoscopes were for fun and tarot cards were for fun. And so I wasn't allowed to like not use them growing up. And so that was something I already kind of knew how to do. I didn't take them as seriously until I got more and more into witchcraft and started to study things harder and like study astrology transits and study the um, how like basically as above so below of course when the planets are doing things it affects people down here it affects us down here because as above so below so um, I didn't start getting like as heavily into the study until a little bit later probably even pre-witchcraft actually I was into astrology for a long time before witchcraft but um, I do consider myself an astrologer. So those things I always have practiced. And so I can't give you advice in witchcrafts on 
how do you know all these things and study these things and how did you do that in a Mormon household because I was never told I wasn't allowed to my parents weren't super strict on me with those things and I actually had some freedom of expression as long as I followed their rules to an extent like like I said just enough I feel like I knew what I had to do I was smart and even though I wasn't by their standard a bad kid and I always did what they asked of me and I followed their rules I felt like I knew that that gave me more freedom to a degree I would just I think that's why I'm also like such a private person and like a lot of my self-expression is me sitting in front of a camera privately because I'm used to having self-expression in private. I'm used to having to be my most authentic self by myself because I had to put that aside to appease and people please basically my parents. So Anyways, I feel like this video is all over the place, but I hope somebody gets something out of it. I hope somebody has gets a message from this that they really needed to hear. But in any case, I read the book Witch, dedicated myself a witch like two weeks later. People also asked a lot or have asked a lot about my husband. Uh, my husband, Andrew, you may have met him in the protection magic video that we did together. My husband is also a practicing eclectic witch and witchcraft has actually been so good for our marriage because my husband was previously atheist. I was really more on the agnostic side of things. I didn't really know what I believed, but I definitely still had a sense of something greater than me. I knew that I wasn't like totally off of like a higher power. I'd had too many experiences in my life to discount that. But I knew that like Mormonism was not it. And I did, I knew Christianity wasn't it for me either. I'd been to Christian churches. I'd been to Catholic churches. I'd kind of tried a lot of religions around this time and nothing was resonating. And my husband, a bona fide atheist for all of our relationship. When I first started dating him, he was already an atheist. And nothing wrong with that either. If you're atheist, like I think that's great. Like I said earlier in the video, if it makes you the best version of you that you can be, then that's the correct one for you. There's no wrong answers. And it's when you say that there's only one right answer that we have a problem uh, because that is not true. It's simply not true. Um, and I know that's something that Mormon religion at least used to teach. I don't know if they still do. I've kind of been out of that loop for a really long time, but um, my husband, basically when I was like, okay, I read this book, I definitely am a witch now. He was like, huh, I guess I'm a witch too. And I was just like, what? Like, mind you, my little Mormon baby heart, my husband and I have been together for almost 13 years. We started dating when I was 16 years old and he has always been like, no to everything. No church, no Christianity, no Mormonism, no like, he has always been a big no on the organized religion. And so when I was like, I think I'm a witch, he was like, huh, I guess I am too. Like, I was like, what? Like, what? Literally, I had tried to convert this boy to Mormonism so many times in the past, wrongly might I add, that's his choice. And my little baby heart did not know better. Um, but I was just like, what do you mean you're a witch? You haven't even read anything. Like, how do you know that? And he, I think, kind of did his own research. And he said that he believed that he always kind of had that in him. Like, he was also a very... Um, very big into like gothic culture, I guess. He considered himself gothic in high school and goth does not equal witch. Those are not the same thing. Gothic witch is definitely an aesthetic choice, but it's not necessarily like the only way to be. And 
I think he kind of already knew a lot about witchcraft because of that. And I, I don't know if he was just waiting to like be supported. Like my husband and I have excellent communication and I ask him to this day, I'm like, Hey, what got you into witchcraft? I swear to you on a monthly basis. I ask him what really got you into it. Cause you didn't read the book that I read and you didn't like, you just kind of were like, yeah, okay. Me too. Like there was no, and he just says that he felt like he, it was always in him. Like he just, he felt like it was always in him. He was always very meticulous about things. And even in terms of like herbs and treating things a certain way, he'd kind of always had that nature in him. And so to me, I guess that was an intuitive thing for him. Um, you would have to ask him yourself because I feel like every time I ask him, I'm never satisfied with the answer, but it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. So to answer that question, my husband and I actually became witches on the same day. Like we set a date for dedication. I think we did it under a full moon or a new moon. I don't remember the specifics, but uh, we decided to become witches on the same day. And when you decide to become a witch, it depends on the kind of witch. I know some people have more rules, um, especially like Wiccan. I'm pretty sure you have to like do more. But in terms of being eclectic, there is no path for that. Eclectic is just a collection of everything. So you can choose to dedicate however you want to. And that's the truth regardless. Like, I feel the same way about most skills in life. You don't have to do something a traditional way. Um, granted, you always want to be safe. You always want to be protected. You always want to be smart. You don't want to get into something that you when you don't know enough about it. But I don't follow the ideology that there is only one way to do everything. I think that there's always room for allowance for new and creative and change and growth for that matter. So in terms of witchcraft, like I'm not going to get into the specifics of the dedication because it was kind of personal. Um, for both my husband and I, it was personal and no, we didn't do any like sex magic or anything, not that kind of personal. Um, but it was just kind of personal to both of us. And what I think is so interesting is there's a very common misconception in my life that, and I am going to stand up and say it because it is the truth is there's this big common misconception that like one or the other, either people think that my husband converted me to be more like him or that I converted my husband to be more like me. And the answer to that question is both. If you think that two people that have spent 13 years together have not collaborated on things and have not influenced each other in some way, you got another thing coming. Like, I do think it definitely disempowers both of us as individuals to say that we didn't have our own minds, our own brains, or our own thoughts around things and accepting things. That's, I guess, my issue when I hear that from others. Um, I don't really make room for those people in my life, though, to be quite honest. Um, it really disempowers the person from making their own choices. And I do feel like my husband and I do have mutual respect for each other to make our own choices. And like, even in terms of witchcraft, like we don't practice the same witchcraft. My husband is really into protection magic, rune casting. Um, he does do spell crafting, but I would say I'm the one that's more into spell crafting. I'm the one that's more into kitchen witchcraft. I'm the one that's more into divination. Um, he does like scrying divination where I use tarot cards astro dice, uh, pendulum sometimes. So anyways, that's a long tangent about my relationship, I guess, in witchcraft, because a lot of you had questions about that, about how if he was a witch and if he supported it, and yes, he is a witch, yes, he does support it. We have our own individualized paths though. And I guess in terms of getting started with witchcraft, 
The only thing I can really tell you is just choose what calls to you. I knew early on that tarot cards and astrology were things that I wanted to explore because I've always been interested in them. And so I just continued to further my education on that. I would purchase books on divination with tarot. I would purchase books on astrology. I would watch other people's channels that produce content on these things. If it's really meant for you and you really want to learn it, I think this is something that everybody could use this little nugget of wisdom here. Um, if it's something you really want to learn, you will stop at nothing to learn it. So that's how you'll know when it's something, I feel like some people want to learn every single little thing about witchcraft and don't get me wrong, I don't think that's bad. I don't think that's bad to want to know the ins and the outs, multiple things. I don't think it's wrong to want to be good at your craft, good at your craft, but it's it's one thing to want to feel like you need to be this person that knows everything about everything and also just hone in on the stuff that you already feel naturally gifted with because the stuff like you'll never know everything as a witch you will never know everything there is not one witch on the face of the earth right now that knows every little tiny magical practice go towards the things that you gravitate towards for myself, I've already mentioned tarot and astrology, kitchen magic, kitchen witchery. I believe in a past life I probably was a kitchen witch because it was something that came so natural to me. I didn't even have to work for it. Um, and candle magic. I also feel like I have a natural gift in candle magic where I didn't even really have to try. I just kind of already grasped the concepts really easily. I intuitively knew certain things. And also a lot of my magic is intuition based. A lot of it, like I, oh, this is another thing that I really wanted to address in this video. There's a deck that I have that I get comments on all the time. It's the Wisdom Oracle deck. So many people don't like that deck because apparently in the guidebook, this woman talks about how you need to like pray over your cards and stuff and how like they're meant to be used. Let me tell you something. I have never once, I don't think, cracked the book on that Oracle deck. I always read from my intuition for the most part. There are some decks that I will look at the guidebook a little bit, but for the most part, I read straight from my intuition. I don't read based off of what the tarot card booklets say. So I would have never known that had somebody never like been upset about it and put it in my comments. More than one person has done this. And... I guess that's kind of my main thing is like, obviously, again, you always want to be safe and protected. If you feel uncomfortable with something, trust your intuition on that. But always go with your gut and your own intuition because it's never going to lead you astray. If you are going with your honest truth and trusting yourself and your own intuition, you're never going to be wrong. You're never going to, your guides and your spirit team are also never going to lead you astray if you trust them. So I feel like in terms of divining and using magic and like starting your path, Witchcraft 101, that's really all I can tell you. There's no perfect path. Like you can sign up for witch courses. You can go to witch school. Those things exist. Or you can also choose not one over the other. You can do both too. But I just highly encourage choose the things that are interesting to you. If candle magic is interesting to you, choose that. If elemental magic is interesting to you, choose that. If learning protection magic is interesting to you, choose that. Like just start somewhere and go from there. And something else I really want to address, I guess, is that 
sometimes magic feels weird. Like sometimes when you're getting into your practice, sometimes it feels weird because you've never done it before. You're doing a new spell or you've never done something a certain way and it's a new practice to you. Sometimes it feels uncomfortable. And obviously you always want to come from a place of neutrality if you are able to. You don't want to bring fear into your sacred space, but sometimes magic feels uncomfortable because it's something you've never tried and you get more comfortable with more practice. I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't tell you is like, it doesn't always feel like you're just in the zone mixing up lotions and potions and you've just got it all figured out. There is many a times where things feel uncomfortable. Like I can tell you from my own experience, I don't scry because I don't like it. Scrying really freaks me out. It makes me scared. I don't do that. My husband loves black mirror scrying. It's like his favorite thing in the world. And I hate it. I can't do it. It scares me, even though it's a neutral thing that I'm feeding my energy of fear to it. And I know that, but I can't get past it. So I just don't do it because I don't like, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So I don't do it. You see what I'm saying? Like you don't need to be an expert at every single little thing. You can just take the things that you're interested in and do them. And if you feel like your practice is lacking something or missing something, then study more, you know, like, let's say you want to do a spell, but now you're like, oh, I need to know the protection before I do this spell. What kind of protection can I give this? Then go study protection magic on top of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you just build, you're also never going to go wrong with a basic. I always talk about studying just the elements, just the zodiac signs, just the symbolism in things. Start from the basics, study, excuse me, numerology study the planets, study, because it all works in tandem. When I do candle magic for your pick a card, let's say, sometimes the candles really speak to me and I don't necessarily always go with what is specific. Like I've been called out in my comments before for people saying like, that is your color candles are so off. Like why, why would you say that this represents this? No, it doesn't. And I'm here to tell you that on that day in particular, or for some reason, it does. Like it's all based off of intuition. You don't even need to go by candle colors. Like you can go just with white candles. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm saying is, I feel like people want to make it, they want you to fit inside this box and say that there's only one way to do everything but there isn't. Like for me, when I look at the colors of candles, um, I guess we're getting a little candle lesson in here too. When I look at the colors of candles, I ask myself, what have I learned about these colors? What have I learned in terms of elementals? What have I learned in terms of astrology? What have I learned in terms of tarot? What have I learned, especially tarot? I know so much about the symbolism of tarot because I've studied it. So I know what these colors mean in tarot. And for some of those, the colors are not the same. Sometimes in tarot, the colors are a little bit off from the elements or they're a little bit off from the zodiac signs. And so I just kind of mesh them all together and that's my version of candle magic. It may not be the same as everyone else's. Now, obviously I feel like there's still kind of the standard of black is for protection and black is for cancellation as well as gray, but, and white is pretty typically standard being universal, but all the other colors, to some extent, they can be represented a little bit differently and it's all up to the person and their intuition. So I feel like a big part of magic, I guess in closing, it's the last thing I'm gonna say cause I've been all over the place in this video. The last thing I really wanna say is that, 
you just have to learn how to trust yourself. That's really what it all boils down to. With magic, with learning your skills, you have to start learning how to trust yourself. I can sit here and tell you every single day, I could be on here giving a witchcraft lesson and you might learn some things. I guarantee you would learn something because I am knowledgeable and I trust that in myself. Big old flex. Um, I guarantee you, you would learn something, but you're only going to learn the best from yourself, from doing the things yourself, from trusting yourself. And I, I get it. We live in a society that has conditioned many of us to never trust ourselves, to never be in a place where we can judge for ourselves where we need to be, who we need to be, what we need to do. But I'm here to tell you, I am living, standing, breathing proof that you can change that for yourself. You can come to a place where you are the leader of your life and you don't let anybody else's opinions or influences or I guess ways of doing things influence you. You know, and the more you unbecome everything that you are not, the more you will get closer and closer and closer to that inner peaceful feeling of knowing that you are always going in the right direction, that you are always being called in the right path. You're not, you're never off path. There might be little potholes and dips in the road and things that kind of make you go, huh? Or why me? But you're never off path and you hold the power. You are ultimately the powerful person. It's not outside of you. It's not in a book. It's not from someone else. Now you can learn things from others. You can pick up knowledge along the way, but ultimately you have to learn the most important thing you will learn as a witch. The most important thing is just how to trust yourself and your own intuition, because there are a thousand ways to do a thousand different protection spells. There's no right way to do anything. It's all intuitively based in my opinion. And the more you learn to trust yourself, the easier the path will be in front of you and the easier things will unfold and open up for you. And I know that that's probably very arbitrary. Maybe you want the rule book, you want the rules, you know, but I can't do that for you because my path is different from yours. <laughs> so, I can give you little trinkets of wisdom here and there, but I can't just write you the book on witchcraft. I don't think that's a big part of my purpose. There are people who have done that, but I don't think it's something that is a big part of my purpose as an individual. My purpose is here to tell you that you hold the power already. And that's all you really need to be armored with. That's all you need. So I love you all so much. This was such a ramble, chatty, witchcrafty, fun little video. I hope you got something out of it. Um, please do not forget that when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Chloe Taylor and I will catch you all in a future video. If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week.